From the studios of Harbor Park Health and Fitness, it's time for another edition of Hey Health Matters. I'm Pete. He is Jason. We come your way every week with important health and wellness and fitness information. And today, Jason, we are going to be talking about metabolic health. What is metabolic health anyway? Well, is it a, a newer concept that uh, is popping up kind of in the the medical field kind of as it relates to the fitness world because there's this blending if you pay attention in, in the space there's been a blending of of you know dietitians and functional uh, medicine practitioners kind of getting into the fitness space as well um, and i really think that's where the future of of health and wellness is going to be is is that hybrid between healthcare and fitness um and so metabolic health is this idea of uh, paying attention to some of, of the markers of the body as it relates to your well-being. And uh, an interesting statistic before we get into it, um, in 2018, only 12% of the United States was metabolically healthy, which is staggering, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah. Um, a large reason you know we don't have data from way back when but but as humans evolved you know uh, conceivably even even a hundred years ago it was the majority of people were metabolically healthy and then with the advent of you know modern farming and and technology as we've talked about in, in the past people have uh, much more uh, access to f- fake foods, we'll call it. The industrialization of food production, because if you think back to that 100-year mark, um, before that people were producing a lot of their own foods or they're buying it locally, and then food started to get mass-produced, and then it wasn't as pure, so then there was regulations, the Food Purity Act, and then we that was and well-intentioned and worked well at the time, but then we just kind of drifted right, off into right. this direction of more and more processing. Thanks for the assist there, Pete. That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> no problem. Um, so, yeah, let's let's talk about what is metabolic health. Metabolic health is specifically having ideal levels of blood sugar, triglycerides, HDL, uh, cholesterol, blood pressure, and waist cir- circumference, all without any medication. Okay, so if you go to the doctor, you get a blood panel done, um, and everything is in a good range, and you're not, you know, taking medication to help you with that, then you're metabolically healthy. Okay, um, you know, as we've talked a lot in the past, you know, just about the state of chronic disease and obesity in in America. You know, what is it, like 7 in 10 Americans have chronic disease or obesity? Again, um, not to get too political too early in the podcast, but when they opened up the COVID vaccine to Wisconsinites who were just overweight, let alone obese, it was like 65% of the population or something. Mm -hmm. And that was just at the BMI of 25, you know. So, you know, it's no wonder why only 12% of Americans... Are considered metabolically 
metabolically healthy. We're doing tongue twisters today. <laughs> um, so obviously, if you are not in ideal levels of those markers that we just went over, you are at higher risk of heart disease, of diabetes, of stroke, etc. Right? Mm-hmm. All of those things that are the main killers of Americans, if you look at well, just any kind of statistics that are out there, top three diseases are all highly preventable mm-hmm. from a metabolic standpoint. Right. And I think sometimes we don't realize how much... I was up late. You know, I was on vacation over the holiday weekend, and I was watching TV late at night, and somebody, and I wish this had been on at 3 in the afternoon at 3 in the morning, but they were talking about the brain-gut access and i think that is something that is just so on i mean it was unknown to me not Mm -hmm. too long ago Mm -hmm. we don't really realize how all of that is interconnected in our bodies and to take you know that point a step further when you talk or you listen to the people who study the uh the gut they they believe that the gut you know you know when you get different feelings like anxiousness or excitement you feel in your gut right you know that expression um they believe that preceded the development of the brain and the gut is actually the the original brain and it kind of still dictates things in the body and yeah so gut health is is super important too now this is not factored in metabolic health but it's it's likely to assume that you need a healthy gut biome in order to achieve the level, the, the markers, uh, to, to get them to that, that ideal level. If you're going to build a building, you better have a solid foundation. You know, around here we dig a deep basement or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Right. If you don't have that, everything you build on is like building on sand. Mm-hmm. And, you know, talking about, how to achieve a healthy gut might be out of the scope of, of this uh, this specific podcast. Maybe we should do a, another podcast on that. It's a good idea for maybe next week. See, we're brainstorming already. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's metabolic health is just this way to formalize a health of a person because there you know there, there's been so many different there's the bmi which which we've talked about and we don't like and then there's you know just going to your doctor and, and getting the blood panel or just you know looking at your your weight um and just a another indicator and it's a, a more modern indicator of your health by by looking at very specific um levels of your body so let's talk a little bit and deep dive, if you will, into what metabolic health is. What are the different factors or what are the different elements or categories that go into metabolic health? Well, so we have blood sugar. So that's going to be, you know, the amount of glucose in your blood. And we deep dove into that topic, yep. how all that yep. works in an in earlier the, podcast. The insulin right? podcast we did. So... If you're eating too much sugar, too much sugary food, your glucose is going to be elevated. And as we talked about in that podcast, that's going to trigger an insulin response. It's going to tell you to store fat. So automatically, you know, if if your your blood sugars are elevated, you are not metabolically healthy. And 
you are in a state of of fat storing in your body so first thing we got to do is is get out of that that insulin state that elevated glucose level when you bring that back down to normal okay triglycerides and cholesterol those are kind of the same thing um there's a lot of talk about these specifically in the medical profession, the medical world, about high cholesterol and, and you know, you can't eat fatty foods because of it. Um, and, you know, what, what you have to realize is there's healthy ranges of, uh, let's, let's take cholesterol for, for example. There's a healthy range, and you need to be in that range. Cholesterol does certain things in the body. What it does is acts as a stabilizer for cells. If you have too much, yeah, that's that's good. But we also don't want to have too little. Um, and a lot of people, they get in this mindset of, of totally eliminating cholesterol. Well, no, that's not what we want to do. We just want to make sure we're in the healthy range because we need it. Cholesterol isn't a bad thing. You hear so much, oh, if you're eating bacon, you're going to have high <laughs> cholesterol. Well, how do you, you don't know anything about me. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so, you know, it's it's not as simple as eliminating. And I've had this debate with a coworker of mine when we could actually you know, see each other in person and have these debates because he... Um, put together his diet with his cardiologist and his cardiologist philosophy was you wear the fat you eat and I'm sitting here from my dietitian going well I'm gonna have avocado on my salad mm-hmm. and I'm gonna put on you know a tablespoon of olive oil and he goes no you wear the fat you eat but I go but those are healthy fats oh no there's no such thing as healthy fats so go, ah it makes you pull your hair out you what, know <laughs> what the studies show or not what the studies show but when they did the original studies of of high fat diets that led to unhealthy amounts of cholesterol they did not control for carbohydrate so these people were having high carbohydrate and high fat diets so because they were having high carbohydrate they were in elevated glucose levels which we just talked about meant uh, fat storage mode so then they'd have the high fat as well. And it was just, you know, the fat they ate went straight to body fat. Mm-hmm. We have to understand that, you know, we can't be in the, the high carbohydrate, the high glucose area. We need to reduce our glucose, which then allows us to process fats easier and better. To your point, Pete, we, we actually need them. Mm-hmm. especially the healthy ones. Right. And I, I think my numbers are just a case in point. I can point to and say, yeah, I lost weight the first three, four, five months before I embraced the healthy fat. I had to get over that fat-free mm-hmm. mentality. But, you know, since I've done that, my body fat, the visceral fat, the subcutaneous, has all gone to normal levels. Right. Right. You know, a, a much better than we used to be off the charts. Like, you couldn't even measure it. So the the results are there. The worst thing I think that could have ever happened was naming, you know, fat the food substance the same thing as fat the excess body weight because 
now people associate them with each other, but they're really not the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, See, so yeah, that's a big thing. Language is always a big thing, no matter what topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll move on to blood pressure. And so when we look at blood pressure, you know, a, a couple different reasons could be, you know, you have a lot of plaque buildup in your veins, so your your heart needs to work really hard to pump the blood to get it moving. Um, or you have buildup on your heart itself, excess fat, you know, the visceral fat we just talked about, which makes it harder to pump the blood so it's working ha- harder. Um, again, those are diet-related things. But also some exercise would help with that. Waist circumference, obviously that's just excess fat around the belly. And then uh, that's the list there. So those are the things we have to improve. And really, when you break it down, there are are just a couple main things we want to do. And we're going to sound like a broken record when we say this, but... But it's it's good repeating because I think sometimes we fall into the... as And I say we as a very broad category we fall into the when i was a kid you go to the doctor doctor says you know you're for your age you're you have too much weight your blood pressure you have a, the high cholesterol and they you know i was always borderline after my blood test so they'd say you know if you go a little bit more we're gonna have to put you on medication we don't want to I want you to work out and get your diet right you're still a kid but we're not opposed to giving you pills right. either and it and that treats the symptoms, right, but not necessarily right. the underlying problem. Right. So, so how do we get to the underlying problems? Diet and exercise. Is that easy? <laughs> right. Um, and yet, it's so difficult. <laughs> well, let's break it down. So we have diet, right? Diet first. Um, we, we've talked about this a lot in the past, but really, to get into an optimal you know, hormonal and you know, lipid level that we talked about the the HDL and, and the fat and the glucose in the blood. High protein, low carbohydrate. It's that simple. Um, assuming we're low carbohydrate, then fat is is kind of it's actually hormone null, which which um, just to get a little little into the science with that. When you eat carbohydrate, specifically starchy carbohydrate, your body releases insulin. When you eat protein, your body releases glycogon. Ideally, we want those in a specific ratio because the insulin tells your cells to absorb. The glycogon tells your cells to use the protein it has, kind of balances them out. And then the the fat, when you eat fat, it releases a different hormone, but but it doesn't affect kind of like the the insulin and the glycogon does. It, it has what's called a null effect. Um, so assuming you're not over consuming fats and assuming they're healthy, you can really eat as many that that fits into your diet properly. Um, and that's that's why keto has had such good success because people who are doing keto super super reducing the carbs they're having enough protein and then they're just filling the rest in with with fat which their bodies can handle and i feel like sometimes when we talk about keto there's 
the marketing part of it there's the trendy part of it there's the the flashy part of it but there's just the bottom like you don't necessarily have to go out and buy keto marketed products to get there i mean it's something you can we've talked about before just go to the grocery store and know what you're getting right yeah there there's a joke there's another diet called paleo Mm -hmm. and paleo is is basically means you're not eating anything processed so the joke is if you have to buy something that says paleo well it's not paleo because (laughs) you know you go get an apple it's not called a paleo apple (laughs) it's just an apple it's not a paleo steak it's just a steak it, you know things like a paleo cookie is not paleo because it was processed right, right. Um, same thing with the keto is you know they, they have some things like keto coffee and, and whatnot and, and that's they fit in but it's really marketing and and you can do way better just understanding you know if, if you're going to do an extreme diet like that you got to put the time in to understand it and learn all the ins and outs and, and really understand what you're doing. Um, because really, yeah, you're, you're eliminating carbs, eating protein, and mostly the healthy, the good fats for you. Right. And coming, coming at it from, I think a knowledgeable position too, with the reason why we go for things based on the label is because we don't want to do the work. It's a mm-hmm. shortcut. It says, right. it says it on there. That's what I want. But it kind of goes back to the fat free craze from back in the day I mean, people just marketing healthy, even if it's not necessarily healthy, mm-hmm. right? Like you got to right. watch out for right. that. No, yeah, like you're saying, nobody has to go out and do a commercial for an apple, right? Or fresh spinach or whatever <laughs> it is, right? Unless you're well, may, maybe a spinach because <laughs> how many people are busting open a bag of of uh, I mean, of I, greens? I like baby spinach. Well, so. we, <laughs> you know, I have a salad every day, sure. and you have a two peat. Uh, but you don't need a salad. There's no rule that says you need to eat salads. You just need to eat protein-focused meals with a variety of, of fruits and veggies. Um, going back to the protein, again, that's the most important thing out of all of it. And we want to eat, ideally, one pound, or one gram of protein per lean body weight uh, mass lean mass of body weight so p we we did the dexa scan and you're at about 150 pounds lean mass so you want to eat about 150 grams of protein a day it's that simple from there you know we fill in the fruits and veggies that'll fill up the space left behind you know what the protein doesn't fill healthy fats so healthy oils that'll keep you full um avocado like you talked about you know there you can do some cheese to it assuming you can handle dairy right um ba- like bacon's not bad for you 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 can have bacon you just know, you don't can, have, don't eat the you whole can't pound. have the whole package but you can you have can't a little be bacon like gramp, grumpy old man the whole <laughs> pack of it um <laughs> but no really you know protein and then eliminating the processed foods yeah cuz the processed foods are just filled with all sorts of fake stuff that that really throw your body out of whack. I, and I think sometimes too, we, you, you talk about bacon, not the the perception of it not being healthy. I think too, the perception of what is healthy and what isn't. You know, if I eat a chicken stir fry, 
that might rub somebody the wrong way. It's like, but you're stir frying it. Yeah, but I got chicken and I got veggies and I got my healthy, you know, my avocado oil is my base of it. And it's a tasty meal. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I don't feel deprived right. of some big processed right. food because right. I cooked this. It's great. And I'm even full. if you put a little teriyaki sauce. And I did. <laughs> sure, sure, that teriyaki sauce is not great, you know. But assuming you don't put the whole bottle in, right. you just use enough, you're doing pretty good. The fact that you, you know, you bought the food from a grocery store, so you're buying whole, real whole food, right? You know, you're not you're not going to the restaurant where they're going to distribute it from somewhere halfway or across the country, uh, and th- then they freeze it and there's preservatives in it because of all that. You know, you're buying your stuff fresh. You're cooking it, limiting. The, the oils, you're not putting any bad oils in right, it because correct. they're cheaper and, and manufactured. So then you put a little teriyaki in. Okay. Your, your body will thank you in the long run for... See, I look at it this way. The body, you know, if you're fueling it, 95% of what's supposed to be there, the other 5% is I, I, maybe negligible is the wrong right. word, but... No. It's, no, I agree. You know, it's agree. your body's like, okay, I right. can then right. get rid of this. That's fine and, and burn the good stuff. And typically, you know, someone's going to say, yeah, but you put teriyaki sauce in. Well, that's that's the person <laughs> who's, you know, still going to fast food five times a week. Right. You know, so you know, worry about your own stuff before you worry about someone else's <laughs> stuff. Um, but I say that to say, I think sometimes we try we try to be too perfect and we let the perfect get in the way of the possible. And, right. And right. go with what's possible. You know, fast food is not the option you want to go. So find a more possible, practical solution mm-hmm. to get to mm-hmm. where you want to be, and that improves over time because the more you work at it, the more practical right. your good ideas become. Now, hey, maybe some someday you get to the point where you go hey i want to make my own teriyaki sauce there you go you know and and then there you go uh but you never would have got there if you didn't just take the steps and say okay i'll I'll try the the chicken stir fry cooked at home but i'll use the store-bought teriyaki right you know so making steps to a really healthy meal i mean i like the fresh green salad but every once in a while you need a hot cooked meal (laughs) (laughs) you need heat applied so so now let's talk about you know the second portion. Now I like the way that you you kind of put this up on our on our cheat sheet here. Mostly protein, reduced starch. Then it says the exercise part of it, and that's the building the lean mass, which mm-hmm. goes hand in hand with the other top yep. one, and that's the mostly protein, yep. right? So what you'll notice is for the exercise, I did not put lose fat, mm-hmm. right? Losing fat is really done in the kitchen. There are some things we can do in the world of, of exercise to aid in that, to help that. But if you seriously want to lose fat, it starts with what you put in your di- your, your body, your, your diet. You can't punish yourself in the gym. That's not correct. And I, we've talked about this before, not to sound like a broken record, but I've heard this. I work out be- so I can go and, you know, dot, 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 unhealthy eating or drinking activity Mm -hmm. and it really doesn't work that way right and you know what's interesting um even in the gym here so in february we we changed our our programming slightly um where they previously used to be workouts that were a little bit longer and there's more sweat you know you sweat a little bit harder now they're to this point where they're not quite 
as big, I would say. The workouts are a little bit smaller, but we're working on improving technique more so. Mm-hmm. So we don't necessarily feel the same when we're leaving. We don't feel like we just worked our butt off for 45 minutes straight. And some people have mentioned that, you know, they they like feeling like they did that big bad workout. Mm. And I think that is because that validates them then to go, you know, be not so good in the kitchen. What we need to think about is when we're in the gym, that's not our time to lose weight. When we're in the gym, that's our time to, you know, improve our technique, work on things, make our body, you know, more functional, do things better, improve our technique, work, you know, all that stuff. Uh, Which, yes, doing that will build muscle and, and aid in fat loss. But we don't want to think of our, our gym time as, as punishment and to, you know, take away from our efforts in the kitchen. I ate that Big Mac, so now I'm going to go run a mile right. or whatever We don't want to get there. Yeah, that's that's not necessarily a hel- even a healthy place to be mentally. Because, uh, you know, working out and, and you feel good after the workout, but you so much of how you feel is what you eat. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're not putting the right fuel in your car... I just got a new vehicle. I looked at what kind of fuel it needs. It says, don't use this one because X, Y, and Z bad thing will happen to mm-hmm. you. Your right. body is the same way. You know, if you fuel it, you know, last week I got a little off track and I felt by the end of it, I told you on Monday, I feel terrible. Hey, <laughs> you it, was, know? it was Easter. So, and... so I, I had to get back. I feel, you know, feel right. fine now because right. I've been back doing what I'm supposed to and, do. And we talked about sometimes, you know, that, that little couple days of not being so good helps reset your mind right you know it gives yourself a little kick in the butt um but yeah so let's refocus here exercise we want to focus on building lean mass that's through through strength training okay the back end of that the the side benefit of, of building lean mass is going to burn the fat you know, on the back end. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like an upward spiral. We eat protein in the kitchen. We strength train in the gym to build muscle. The increased muscle requires us to use more calories in our day because we need to fuel those muscles. Burns more fat. Okay. We also need to increase our protein in the kitchen to sustain the increased muscle, okay? More muscle means more fat burn, okay? And it just goes up. And not necessarily fat burn, like we say in the gym, just at rest. Your your body right. is burning, right. it's metabolizing more because right. it's more healthy cells to metabolize. Yep, <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, building the lean muscle is going to burn more calories throughout your day when you're at rest Mm -hmm. in addition to whatever you do in the gym. And then that gets back to diet because your body will burn that fat and if it's looking for something to burn and that's where we get into, you know, again, eating the right amount of calories. Go back and listen to last week's podcast when we got into that a little bit. So all of this is interconnected. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is like chapters in a book. And then um, the last piece to the exercise is going to be stressing the heart that just means you know 
doing something that that puts a healthy physical stress to the heart so getting your heart rate up so that has to work hard that's kind of associated with you know getting out of breath and huffing and puffing and sweating and the more you do it though you you recover from it i mean my heart rate was going as fast as i've ever recorded it after we ran a mile yesterday but it didn't take long to recover from that right a year ago i would have been still trying to recover from that so And, and you know let's not forget the muscles of heart so as we stress it like that it gets stronger then we go home and we rest and it recovers and tomorrow your heart is stronger than it was today because you just stressed it okay um do that enough and now you have a really healthy heart your blood blood pressure decreases remember that was one of the 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 markers for the metabolic health is your blood pressure we get that heart uh the, the blood pressure really low you're way more healthy right so right uh a good way to do that is just through we call it stressing the heart which is going to create physical adaptation you do that through you know strenuous exercise so let's let's kind of put the bow on top of this a little bit if i'm here listening and i'll be picking an extreme example i don't think i hope nobody lives up to but let's say I'm extremely unhealthy and I'm on drugs for whatever all, you know, name one of those metabolic issues or all of them. Um, what is my reasonable expectation if I start a program? Am I going to kick the drugs? Am I, well, like, how is, what, what can I expect long term? Well, you know, the goal is to get you to what we call metabolic healthy. And, you know, as we described, met, being metabolically healthy is having ideal levels of blood sugar, triglycerides, HDL, cholesterol, blood pressure, waist circumference, all without medication. So yes, we want to get you off all the medication. We want to get your your glucose in check, your blood pressure in check, your cholesterol in check. We want to get your waist where it's supposed to be. You know, we don't want any beer bellies. <laughs> we want to get rid of those. Uh, totally medication-free. And that goes back to an earlier podcast we did of it's ultimately more affordable long-term to be healthier right. than unhealthy. Yep. Think of the money you'll save just on pharmaceuticals mm-hmm. alone, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah. Thousands of dollars over a lifetime. Crazy stuff. All right, Jason. Good information. Not crazy information. Rock solid yep. information. Yep. Yeah. Like, like I said at the beginning of the show, it's, it's kind of a new concept, um, Metabolic health has, you know, that's been in the medical world forever, but um, this idea of bringing it to the, the layman person to understand where their health is, that's kind of a new a new emerging domain in, in the health and fitness world. Very cool. All right, uh, Jason, always good information. If people want to learn more about you or about Harbor Park Health and Fitness, how can they do that? Well... Go to uh, Facebook or Instagram as Harbor Park Health and Fitness. Go to our website, www.harborparkcf.com. You can just throw us in Google. We'll pop up. Um, any of the standard ways, I think I think people And your autobiography is coming out soon, right? Is that That's, right? Is that what you're working on? Uh, I'm, the scenes. I'm not working on that, no. <laughs> All right, very good. <laughs> what you should do in the meantime is tell your friends about this podcast, Hey Health Matters, whatever platform you find us on. 
uh, share us, like us, write five-star reviews uh, only because we need the positive reinforcement. And uh, make sure you subscribe so you get this Hey Health Matters goodness in your inbox uh, every time we make it available, which is every week. And uh, you will be on the way to a better, healthier, well life. Yes, sir. I I don't think I can put it any clearer than that one. (laughs) Jason, (laughs) we'll talk to you next week, my friend. Stay safe and healthy out there. We will talk to you. Make sure you join us next time because remember, hey, health matters.